Hello, everybody. Welcome to Jimmy's Table Podcast. This is episode zero, and I am Jimmy Humphrey. I hope you like the sound of my voice um, because it's very important in the world of podcasting that I have a pleasant speaking voice. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something I really hope because at the end of the day, I love the sound of my voice. So if you don't love the sound of my voice, we're going to have problems because it's something I really love. And I say that in, in total humility. Uh, but all kidding aside, uh, you know, I, I'm really excited about this opportunity to, to start this weekly podcast. I hope it to be something that I am able to broadcast every Tuesday. So look for it. Um, wherever it is broadcast, being on iTunes or however you're getting this. Um, also, be sure to check out jimmystable.com, uh, which is the website from which this podcast will be hosted. And from there, you can interact with me on social media through Facebook and Twitter, and maybe one day somewhere else. Um, so you may be asking, well, who is Jimmy Humphrey? What is Jimmy's Table all about? Well, you know, my name is Jimmy Humphrey. I like to describe myself as being born in the North, but raised in the South by the grace of God. Uh, I'm 36 years old. I work for one of the biggest and baddest banks in the country as a mortgage underwriter for the last seven years, but most recently a quality assurance analyst where I sit there and analyze the mortgages that other people write. <laughs> so I won't be talking about that too much, um, but I will be talking a lot about me and what I have to say. Uh, so I hope you pull up a chair and join me on a weekly basis for a seat at the table um, because at the end of the day, I'm really just wanting to bring the issues that matter to me and the issues I think that matter ultimately to the community I'm involved with and the people in my life and the things I want to talk about and speak into uh, concerning uh, faith, life, culture, and well, sometimes food. So what about Jimmy Humphrey? Well, I'm 36 years old. Like I said, I work at one of the biggest banks in the nation uh, where I underwrite for a living. Um, and it recently dawned on me when I recently told somebody that I'm 36 years old um, that I'm now closer to 50 years old than I am when I was 20. <sighs> that made me feel kind of old and kind of sad and kind of depressed. But then it made me sit there and think, wow, maybe I have some wisdom I can share with this world. Maybe it's time for me to stand up and uh, say some things to people who may be willing uh, to listen, to sit there and converse with them and to ask them to sit down with me and talk about the things uh, that matter most. I'm originally from Chicago, and by Chicago I mean the suburbs of Chicago, not downtown loop area of Chicago, but I'm from uh, the suburbs of Chicago. I moved to the greater Charlotte, North Carolina area uh, when I was about five years old. Um, I like ice hockey and I like iced tea. I like my Italian beef as well as cheesy grits. So you get a little bit of the north with me, but like I said, you get a little bit of the south by me, uh, by the grace of God at that. Um, I was homeschooled through high school. Uh, I went to college at Lee University where I earned a bachelor's degree in uh, Christian ministry, theology, Bible study type stuff. Uh, and I went eventually to Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary here in Charlotte where I worked uh, towards a master's in uh, New Testament studies. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to complete those studies because, as I like to say, life happened. Um, and that's ultimately not the path that uh, even though I was pursuing that God had 
plan for me. Somehow I went though um, from studying those subject matters to working at a big bank as a result of life happening. And even though I had no idea about mortgage underwriting or finance or anything uh, like that uh, and had no intention of pursuing a career in that path, somehow I ended up at the bank. Um, and that's just kind of God's funny little curveball that he throws at you when you're ultimately just trying to find your place in this world uh, and to pursue him and what he has planned uh, for you. I got saved when, and came to know the Lord when I was about 16 years old. Um, from there, uh, let's see, I went to college, um, got a job, got a career, had an engagement that fell through. Um, had financial troubles as I tried to make my place in this world, uh, so much so that every month I was lucky um, if I was broke at the end of the month, as I like to say. Uh, so that meant I was in debt and a lot of it um, and had a lot of financial troubles as a result. But, you know, by God's grace, I was able to overcome those hurdles um, and eventually uh, landed a nice job and um, went from being very single to all of a sudden being able to date all sorts of people. It's amazing what a job will do for your dating life when you actually get a job that can pay the bills. <laughs> uh, I used to joke around that if uh, I would be able to find uh, a girlfriend and a wife if I just became $10,000 more attractive and behold that happened. In my life I went from not having a date on a regular basis to having a nice job and suddenly it was just raining women everywhere and I had a pretty exciting uh, dating life uh, <laughs> um, or uh, you know you were around me at the time I was going through uh, a lot of dating um, you know what a trouble that was for me but so I went through dating uh, for several years dated th through my 20s uh, and eventually I got a promotion at work and so I went from making $10,000 more and being able to find dates whenever I wanted to uh, making $10,000 more and finding a wife. Uh, so I happily got married when I was about 31 years old and uh, now I'm 36. So I've been uh, married for a while but I still consider myself a lifelong newlywed. Um, I don't think newlywed things or things that are supposed to just happen in the first six months or a year or two of your marriage, I think you can always live in a perpetual state of newlywed bliss. Now, that's not to say everything's always been perfect and wonderful and cheery and just as exciting as the day I got married. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm still very happily married. I'm still very much in love with my wife. Um, and, uh, I, I hope it to always be that way. I think, I think if I'm intentional about, uh, my wife and my life, um, you know, I'll always find that there's a state of, uh, you know, sort of newly wed, uh, bliss out there. Um, it may not be what it once was, but, uh, you know. I think it's still pretty good. I, maybe, maybe I'll interview my wife and let you tell her how wonderful things are sometime. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so moving on from that uh, subject. So what's Jimmy's Table podcast going to be about besides, well, me, of course. Um, Jimmy's Table podcast uh, is going to be centered around conversations we're going to have on faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Of course, those conversations will be mostly 90% of the time um, you just listening to me talk like I'm talking like right now, exactly how I would probably be talking to you if you were sitting down at a table conversing with me over coffee or hopefully something good to eat. 
Um, I don't want this to be just something where I pound on a pulpit and you listen to the wonderful oratory and, and theological and philosophical things that I wax eloquently about. Um, although, yeah, there may be some times for that um, where it may feel very one way. But I, I really want this to be a conversation. I want this to be a place where you come to act like you're sitting down at a table with me and just conversing on uh, the, the subjects of the day, the things I want to talk about concerning faith. Um, I want to help you grow in your faith and your knowledge of the Lord, if, if you know the Lord, uh, and to better equip you uh, for life as a, as a Christian. Um, just to let you know a little bit about me in that regard, I'm very Pentecostal-ish in my orientation. Um, I believe in speaking in tongues. Um, <laughs> and I have, at some time in my life, spoken in tongues, and maybe occasionally still do. Um, but, you know, even though I'm very Pentecostal-ish in my orientation, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about speaking in tongues uh, or gifts of prophecy and healing is as important as those things can be uh, in my, especially in my theological convictions where I firmly believe them. Um, but, you know, I'm really committed to being firmly evangelical, ecumenical-ish uh, in my orientation. At the end of the day, I'm not a Pentecostal. At the end of the day, I consider myself just a Christian and firmly such. Um, I believe in the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, literally. Um, and I believe that has important bearing uh, not only in my life, but the life of the rest of the world. Um, so I'm going to talk about things centering around that. Um, I currently go to an evangelical free church. It's not Pentecostal, but it's not not Pentecostal either. Uh, there's a lot of uh, leeway in our view of how we view things at uh, my church. It's an evangelical free church. It's associated with um, evangelical leaders and theologians like Walter Kaiser Jr., um, who wrote very important Old Testament theology books, if you're familiar with that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, I, I like a lot of the things he said in my church that I go to, which is called New City Church. Uh, it's located in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was formerly known as Church at Charlotte, uh, but recently just had, after 40-some years, a pastor change. Um, and so we kind of renamed ourselves and things like that. But anyway, that's where I'm coming from on a faith perspective. Uh, Pentecostal in background, evangelical, firmly committed uh, to central evangelical beliefs. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm just a Christian. Uh, and so I want to help share my faith uh, with you so that you can glean things from hopefully my life um, that are applicable uh, to your life and faith. Um, so I'm going to talk about those things. To talk about life. I'm, I'm a very practical guy at the end of the day. Yes, I can get all esoteric and, and high-minded and talk about ivory tower sort of things. You know, I do have formal training in theology and, and philosophy and, and, and things of that nature. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm very deeply practical. I care deeply about the, the so what aspect of life. Um, and things. I want to talk about marriage. I want to talk about finances. I want to talk about career aspirations, finding your calling, and just the general nuts and bolts of life. Uh, I want to talk about things that matter to me and things that I hope you will find matter to you. Next, I want to talk about culture. I want to talk about public life. I want to talk about politics. So be very afraid. <laughs> you know, politics are a very scary, scary subject. Um, and um, I want to talk about national trends. I want to talk about entertainment. I want to talk about technology. I want to talk about all the things that you see on Facebook every week. Um, 
So I, I just want to broadly address things I see in our culture, things that ultimately I think impact our life, uh, things that inform our, and help us understand the context of our faith and, and how we're just living out our life in this world. Um, and also, I want to talk about food. I love to cook and I love to entertain. Um, and I started off as a really bad cook. I grew up in a household where we ate fantastic food. Uh, my mom and dad are very good cooks, um, especially my mom. She probably cooked uh, the bulk of the meals growing up, but my dad's a pretty good cook in his own right. Um, but my mom's cooking has been legendary sort of stuff, stuff that a family comes over or sees pictures of on Facebook. They all want to know if when they can have the opportunity to eat it um, and if they can maybe uh, have the recipes um, because there are some things in my mind that... Whew, like, they define my spirit, animal, and soul, and who I am as a person from the things I learned to eat uh, growing up. But unfortunately, when I moved out on my own, um, I, I didn't really learn to cook growing up, even though my mom tried to show me some stuff. Um, I really didn't do a good job at it, and I figured, hey, why learn it uh, when I'm going to uh, just be able to eat her food forever. And if I'm not eating her food, well, I'm going to marry a super hot model wife who's going to not only look good, but she's going to great cook food, food too. So why should I ever really bother to learn to cook? Uh, well, I didn't live with mom and dad forever. And, you know, I didn't immer immediately marry somebody that was able to cook. Um, I was on my own for a while. And when I got out on my own, I realized... I didn't know how to cook anything for the most part, and the things that I did cook, I couldn't cook very well. Uh, cooking was kind of scary. When I started off in cooking, I learned to cook canned chicken. Yeah, you heard me right. Canned chicken. So it was already chicken that was pre-cooked, and then somebody shoved it in a can. But I can still remember to this day opening that can of chicken and putting it on the stove and trying to cook it and praying to God that I didn't kill myself. And I would still call up my mom and be like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to die of salmonella. Please help me. But I've advanced over the past decade. And honestly, I can say not only as a result of my own little uh, sense of smug arrogance that I may uh, occasionally have, but I, you know, just from the feedback I've received from others, not only in my family but my wife and and friends from church and such, I've I've become kind of a good cook in my own right. There are some things that I still don't know how to cook, but things I do know how to cook, I feel like I cook very very well, and I hope to occasionally share those with you. And I may may even be willing to share some secret family recipes that only I know how to cook because my mom showed me. Uh, but hmm, I might have to think twice about that. I might have to modify it so that I can still have the, my claim to fame so that you don't just go ahead and start passing it off as your family recipe um, or open up a restaurant using my family's recipes. But, uh, you know, they, I might slightly modify them for you. So tune in if you're into that sort of thing. If you like to cook and you like to eat well, well, I'm going to have something to share with you. Um, so I, I get to all that to say, well, why Jimmy's Table? Why am I naming this podcast Jimmy's Table? You're not sitting here um, at a table with me, and I'm not strictly making a podcast about food, um, although there will be food. 
Um, but I'm calling it Jimmy's Table Podcast because at the end of the day, I believe the table is the place where life happens and where community is ultimately built. And honestly, growing up, my warmest memories growing up were centered around uh, dinners at the kitchen table with my family. Um, like I said, my mom was an excellent cook and, well, I was an excellent eater. And, you know, when people came over to visit, we had sometimes strangers, we had neighbors, we have family, we have friends. You know, people would come and visit. And growing up, we always entered you know, we didn't sit around the TV and just watch it forever and ever. And that's, you know, I probably spent at times more time in the kitchen uh, with family and friends uh, than I did centering around a TV and staring at it. Although, you know, I did do a lot of that too. Don't get me wrong, especially video games. I like to play in video games a lot growing up. However, when I sit there and think about my memories in life um, and where the best memories probably happened, uh... Most of them happened around the kitchen table and in, in, in the kitchen growing up. Um, and I've always felt that eating a meal together is an awesome experience. Um, eating a meal together is one of the things that kind of differentiates us from animals. Animals are pretty much on their own when it comes to eating. They're not very much, generally speaking, in the way of social uh, engagement when they eat it's a very dog eat dog world and they're going to try to eat all the food they can before all the other critters do um, and uh, so they they wolf it down as fast as they can and are very defensive over their eating well we as human beings tend not to be that way and in fact eating alone like eating at a restaurant by yourself uh, can be a pretty strange experience for most people in fact I would say uh, you know most people are advert averse to the idea uh, and re recoil in fear at the idea of ever eating alone at a restaurant. Um, that's not to say people don't do it. Plenty of people do, and I've done it myself. But it does feel a little weird, and I, I think that it feels weird eating by yourself for a reason. Um, and I think that's because God ultimately designed us to be social creatures um, and that he designed us for community. He designed us for fellowship. He designed us for life together. Um, and one of the ways he hardwired us um, was to make uh, eating together a very crucial act um, to our lives. Um, and I believe that eating together and sharing a, a communal sort of dining experience and or meal is fundamentally a spiritual act. Um, it's, it speaks to something about who we are as human beings created in the image of God. God himself being triune and communal. Um, God is a community, as some theologians uh, would rightly say. Um, and his Trinitarian um, makeup. Um, God is a community, and he creates us for community. And one of the greatest ways God created us for community to experience life together was to, to unite us around a common meal that we share together. Um, and I think that meal is that meal intentionally sitting down and eating a meal together is not only important for family life, but it's important for communal life. Um, for life outside the immediate family. Um, and really, when you look at the Bible, um, 
you know, eating food together is a central concept. Eating food together was a central concept in the Garden of Eden, uh, where Adam and Eve uh, had their greatest temptation in fall. It centered around a meal and what they did as a result of the food that they ate. Um, and likewise, uh, when you look at the Bible, redemption of the redemption of all things and the work of Jesus Christ on the cross ultimately manifests itself through sharing a common meal together. Communion or Eucharist uh, was given as a celebration and remembrance of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Um, which is amazing to think that um, the redemptive work of Christ uh, can, could be reduced to a single meal and having that expression at the center of our faith as Christians. Um, for those of you who are, and I, I'm assuming most of you who listen to my podcast probably are, but if you're not, I hope that still speaks to you um, just the same, because I think even if you don't believe in Jesus and you don't believe in God, uh, eating together is one of the most spiritual things and greatest expressions we can have in community, um, and it's something that is, uh, if you don't believe in spiritual things, I still believe it to be very primal in nature. Um, and it gets to who we are as, um, as people. And I think that's not an accident. Uh, I think that was ultimately uh, and something that God intended. Um, and it's something that, you know, we should be very weary of <laughs> uh, when we think about eating um, alone or isolating ourselves from eating meals with others. Uh, instead of isolating ourselves and just eating meals on a couch by ourselves or at a bar somewhere, uh, whenever possible, I think we should look to gather together with other people um, and share a common meal uh, together. There was actually uh, one theologian I heard once say, and I've forgotten their name, but I've always remembered uh, the saying that they said that the gospel ultimately boils down to a message about who you are willing to eat with. And Jesus ate with some pretty controversial figures. He, he ate with tax collectors. Uh, and he ate with prostitutes. You know, people who were very shifty and, um, you know, culturally on the outside in their day. They weren't in the religious in crowd. Um, but Jesus dined with them anyway. Um, so I think that, you know, should be a message that speaks powerfully to us. In fact, when you look at Jesus' life and ministry, most of his ministry did not center around a pulpit or preaching on a mountainside somewhere or doing activity in some temple. Most of Jesus' ministry was centered around having meals with other individuals and talking about life and talking about thoughts about God and, and community and faith. Um, and that's where most of the ministry happened. It didn't happen from a pulpit uh, with a worship band um, and, you know, great video clips um, or any of that sort of stuff. And, and I don't think, you know, for those of you who are involved in ministry and life of the church, that um, that church uh, should be centered around three songs, an offering, and a sermon um, every Sunday. Rather, church should be centered around ultimately a common meal, a common table in which we participate in the life and death of Christ uh, and ultimately participate um, in each other. So the table, Jimmy's table, 
this podcast is ultimately about kind of all those things. Um, faith, life, culture, food, um, ministry, whatever. You know, all the things and, and all the happenings of life, they, the best of them, I believe, ultimately happen at a table. Um, so this is what Jimmy's podcast is going to be about, Jimmy's Table Podcast. I hope you show up on a weekly basis and listen. I hope you interact with me both through Jimmy's Table dot uh, com um, where the shows will be stored and you can interact with comments or shoot me an email jimmy at jimmy's table.com or interact with me on facebook or twitter or if you know me in real life be like hey jimmy i heard something uh that you talked about let's 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 talk about that and and if you are going to want to do that i'm going to insist we do it over food um <laughs> i'm going to sit or at least a cup of coffee um because you know at the end of the day it's about sitting down with other people, sitting down with other people who you treat and hold as equals, people who are created in the image of God just like you, um, and somebody that you're willing to sit down um, and, and have a meal with. Because I think sitting down and having a meal with somebody is perhaps the most revolutionary activity you can engage in in this world. A lot of people may think of revolution and sense of clenched fists standing in the streets protesting, holding signs and chants and getting arrested by the police. Um, but I believe if you look at the, the paradigm of scripture and the things that the Bible teaches, that you ultimately see the greatest revolutions uh, that the world has ever known um, happened ultimately centered around food, uh, a table, and fellowship. Um, the greatest revolution that Mo Moses led um, happened as a result of the Passover um, and his and the judgments of God against Egypt, um, it wasn't ultimately a war or battle that freed um, the um, Hebrews from the Egyptians, but it was a Passover meal that separated um, the Hebrews from the Egyptians and allowed them to walk out into liberty. And when Christ uh, instituted the church, again, it was over a meal that he initiated where he said this is my body this is my blood eat and drink and, uh, and as often as you do this do it in remembrance of me and ultimately when you think about the apocalypse uh and the end of the world and, and all the things about you read about in the book of revelation and um you know you might think of violent imagery and stars falling and devils dying and and hell and fire and brimstone and and all those terrible violent uh, things. Um, but when Jesus ultimately talked about the apocalypse, uh, and when you see it depicted in the book of Revelation, um, it ultimately comes down to a giant supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb um, that we are all ultimately called to participate in. So from beginning to end in the Bible, uh, you see everything centering around a table and a common meal. And as it was in the Bible, I think it's ultimately been designed by God for the comings and goings and everyday things that make up our lives. So this is what that tape, this is what the, this podcast is going to be about. And I hope you show up on a weekly basis and converse with me because um, I want to have some pretty important uh, conversations um, and to ultimately um, help you along in your faith, your life. Uh, to understand what's happening in the world and, uh, you know, 
maybe along the way you'll learn to cook a couple good things uh, so you can facilitate those conversations at tables with other people uh, everywhere. So I hope you enjoy and look forward to this journey that uh, I'm getting ready to enter into in this 36th season <laughs> uh, of my life. So have a good day, everybody. This is episode zero of Jimmy's Table Podcast. Take care.